Hey there, everyone, and welcome to today's episode. I'm super pumped and motivated to have my next guest. So let's jump on in and start sharing all of her goodies on this show. So let me introduce Dana Ferrant. Dana works with driven entrepreneurs, helping them to fine tune their mindset and consciousness so that as they scale up their business, it is done with more ease and way less hustle. Oh yes, that sounds amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Right, that's where we're immediately aligned. I mean, that is exactly what we're trying to do here. And so I had to read this intro that you sent over because it was so amazing. So our guest today has an incredible background. She grew up in a cult and in her journey to healing became a dominatrix. Yes, I did say that correctly. These days, she has changed gears to help leaders show up with true authenticity and confidence, no apologies, no excuses, living your bold, sexy, fun-filled life. Well, Dana, with that, I just, I'm just going to kind of turn it over to you. I mean, there's so many questions here. <laughs> what Thanks, can you Donna. tell me a little bit about that story and kind of how it all unraveled into your business? Yeah, you know, it's a, it's been a really interesting journey. So um, in my path, like I said, in my path to actually untangle the craziness of having grown up in a cult and all of the imprints of, you know, you're a woman, you're a second class citizen, you don't, you know, don't bother getting an education. And here I am, a very driven person. I could see myself, I'm like, I want to be the CEO of some big company. You know, that was my vision. Um, <laughs> little did I know that I'm a terrible employee. So, you know, that was, it was bad vision. But the leadership piece was a, was a theme for me. And so along this journey, I ended up discovering the world of kink because I had a client who came to me and she disclosed, so I started out as massage therapist, I should back that up. And she disclosed that she was involved in this. And so we had discussions every time she came in, we're talking about it. I'm like, how, why do people want to do this? Like, that seems crazy. And all the things that a lot of people would typically be thinking if you haven't been exposed to the world of, of BDSM, kink, Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, <laughs> Yeah. The healthy side of it. Okay. Side, yeah. <laughs> the healthy side of it. Um, however, for me, being able to get in and craft out what we call a scene allowed me to reenact the abuse that I had growing up and create a different outcome because we have control over the scene. And that experience allowed me to actually heal on a really deep cellular level. It was very powerful. And I realized that a lot of people don't want to go to that extreme with things. So I, you know, I've found ways to allow other people to have that same kind of journey without going through the the actual you know a scene a dominatrix surrendering to that degree but all of that training was fantastic for me both as a business owner and as a coach because i'm willing to make people uncomfortable i'm willing to do it for their own good i'm willing to see it hold them in that space of i think you're way more powerful than you've ever given yourself credit and let me show you what i mean and so that's, that's been the really big gift in a nutshell. I mean, of course, we're summing up 30 years in three minutes. Yeah, <laughs> right. The highlight reel. Right. No, exactly. Oh, my gosh. And so then how did that morph into what you're doing now? 
Okay, so concurrent with the dominatrix piece, so I had that going kind of in my personal life, a little bit professionally, and concurrent to that, I had built up a seven-figure business that I was doing massage supplies, uh, spa supplies, I had two massage therapy clinics, and that business hit a bankruptcy, and we had to do a restructuring. So. I, against my lawyer's wishes, um, I did, chose for restructuring rather than just shutting it down. And that experience was a huge gift. I'm so glad that I did because restructuring it allowed me to take it down to just me, you know, let everybody go and take a really good look at, okay, what was missing? What was missing in the business? And and that realization that I compartmentalized who I was as a dominatrix and who I was as this business leader. And yet the skills as the dominatrix were really, really necessary to run my business. So when I realized that that's what was missing, I was like on fire to add that into, you know, because I was doing coaching at that point, but to add that into the coaching that I was doing and bring that out for people to, to step into. So for a long time, I actually led with the inner dominatrix brand mm-hmm. um, and this invitation to step into that energy. And it, that has morphed again because not everybody's drawn to it. So <laughs> it's fun. <laughs> <laughs> we haven't lost the skills. We just packaged it a little differently. Yeah. Okay. Excellent. So Wow. I mean, there's a lot you've got there and you, you've already built, you know, a, a business, right? This is, so is this your second business? This is my third business. Wow. Amazing. So you have yeah. a lot of experience. Well then what, what really drives you? Like what is your big why when it comes to your business? What is that driver for you? Yeah. And you know, I really think this comes back to the original story of and why I talk about the fact that I grew up in a cult. That for me, having truth, integrity, and you know, authentic empowerment, because all of the themes in my lives, all the things that didn't really go quote unquote right, were about being disempowered. And so for me, having people step into a place of feeling authentically empowered, and that's where that dominatrix energy is really about. It's feeling really good about who we are, how we move, how we show up, and how we show up as leaders. Because you know, you deal with business owners as well, that we need to show up as leaders and be willing to stand and be visible. And all of that is about that authentic empowerment. And it's not the crazy, you know, over the top narcissistic kind of, I, here I am, hear me roar, right. but to have a quiet, grounded presence that people are really clear in that, oh, this is a leader. This is somebody I want to pay attention to, that I want to lean into. Yeah. Like you didn't have enough driving forces, right? <laughs> From what you've said in your um yeah, so let's let's dive into this topic. I mean, you you said here you wanted to really talk about the underlying addiction to getting it right and how we can break that. Now that's with less effort. So I'm sure that you deal with a lot, or I have dealt with a lot of those type A, like everything has to be perfect and everything has to be just right. And and um, yeah, I used to have that till I had twins. I think that that was a good way to. Get over that quick. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, and, and we can either have some sort of life event that, you know, cures us of needing to have everything perfect. You know, I, I have I have two Bengal cats that are, you know, just hell on wheels. <laughs> They've destroyed everything in my life, um, furniture-wise, right? So I've, I've broken my um, attachment to material possessions. <laughs> so we can either go through some experience like that where we are forced to give it up. Or we can move into it consciously and we can choose to step in and say, okay, I'm going to surrender to seeing a bigger purpose. And, and I'm going to get a little bit woo with you, a yeah, little bit spiritual it. here, that from where I see things, I really like the concept of there is no right or wrong. We're here as humans having an experience in a body, but we're actually spiritual beings. And we've come here to experience diversity, to, to experience what we call polarity, the, the, the extremes. But at the core, and this is what I like doing, is reconnecting people with, at the core, we don't have a point of view on whether something is right or wrong. We're just experiencing things. And we can experience the intensity, the full range and spectrum of intensity, but they don't have to be wrong. And this is the thing is that when we are really set on, there's a right way to do things. I need to get it right. I need to make the right amount of money. I need to have the right haircut. I need to, you know, have the right makeup applied, all of those things. The right course name. I the right course. Oh my goodness. Right? <laughs> it, you know, oh, I got to have the perfect logo yep. before I can do anything else. I have to, perf- it, it, it's, it's crazy because there's absolutely no such thing as perfection. And it's in that piece of being able to expand out and have a broader look at what's going on and say, okay, well, who am I really? Like that spiritual side of me. Then we can start to loosen off this drive and addiction to getting it right. And when we loosen that off, then we start to play and that starts to loosen it off more. So it's a process, but the first step is just getting reconnected with who we are. Mm. Yeah, this is good because I think we get stuck, right? When we get into these places of, I can't move forward because fill in the blank, right? Um, What are people coming to you for? Like, what are you, I know you're coaching. I see some of your books behind you and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, what, what is the main issue people are coming to you for? Like, what are they really looking for? Is it that I'm stuck and I'm afraid to move on? Like, what is that? Um, typically I'm working with people who are, you know, multiple six, seven figure earners. So it's challenges with their team. They're feeling overwhelmed. Um, and it's getting them to let go of being the control freak, quite honestly. So, you know, I know a little bit about letting that go. <laughs> yeah. And, they become their own bottleneck, right? In their business. Absolutely. They don't want to delegate things. They think they can do it better or, or they're just scared to let someone else take yeah. it on. And that's, that's that being right and needing that there's a right way to do this and not being willing to trust that they can hire the people that are going to enhance their team and let go of some of those people. So as they're rising up, they're feeling overwhelmed and really getting in their head and that's creating that bottleneck. So that's typical. The other one that's quite typical is, you know, they've reached that seven or eight figure mark and then they're like, "Mm, now what? Mm. Like, okay, I got here. And there's that little bit of what a lot of people call a spiritual crisis. It wasn't quite as satisfying as they thought it was going to be. Yeah. And they need to get reconnected. Yeah. It's like a little bit of a letdown. Like you, you strive. I remember when I tried to like, I got to get to six figures. I got the six figures. 
And then I'm like, oh, you know, there, no whistles blew and confetti <laughs> fell from the sky. <laughs> yeah. And it was like, Damn. It's a little anticlimactic, you know, and you, you try to go back to the whole, it's the journey, right? Not the destination. And you really have to be, I mean, you have to have goals, I think, or you want to have goals to, to kind of help propel you. But I think there's, there's something to be said for like embracing the whole process of it, because when you get there, <laughs> like you said, there's sort of this emptiness of if that's all it is, you know, then you just keep striving for more and you can be a little yeah and you're constantly pushing that that goal post out further and further and yeah. one of the one of the switches that I like to get people to make is change the language off of goals over to targets. Mm. A target is something you can hit over and over again, mm. and a target is something also that it's like you know there's that that outer rings, so if you don't get the bull'seye, you've still come close you're still on the board you're still right. in the play so there's a lot more flexibility it's also just kind of gives you a bit more wiggle room to feel the satisfaction of hey i did that let's do that again and oh well, let's just tweak that and see if we can do that a little bit better it becomes more playful and that's really the secret too in getting rid of this addiction to being right or making yourself wrong is dropping back into a sense of play and sometimes we need to do some deeper work in order to be able, you know, give ourselves permission to play. Sometimes there's trauma that are still stuck in the body and, you know, it's not safe to play. It's not safe to be visible, all of those kinds of things. But shifting the language around so that we're playing in our business. I promise every single time when people drop into this, business starts to go up exponentially and it feels so and it feels counter you know productive right like i don't have to just work more or i don't i just have to dig in and you know sell more stuff or you know and all <laughs> hustle that. more yeah oh. more hustle more clients and i and i find you know the, the best most productive times in that i can remember are the times where i'm on vacation when i'm out in the yard like working in the garden you know when you're removed from from things and when you're not in mm. that and you're more connected to life source whatever you know fun and you're doing things and joy and all of that but we get so um focused i think sometimes and we forget i know that's it's a hu huge thing it's been a thing that's been a goal for me or i should say now a target i like that okay. <laughs> uh, <laughs> have more joy you know in my business yeah. like I, I i want it because i feel like i'm such a serious person even though that may not feel like sometimes i'm gonna try to be funny or whatever but uh when it comes to business i i i'm like i'm all in i'm gonna do this you know and i have to remember that go take a walk, go outside, you know, do, mm -hmm. and I, and I, just, I do that. And I'm like, I, I really have my day so that I take walks and then I have Fridays off and I have time to play because otherwise I'll just work, you know, and it, and I want to spend time with my family. I want to travel. I want to do all the things, but I can get yeah. easily trapped into that. You know, I got to keep going. You know, I just like on a line that just keeps, <laughs> it's hard to stop and then go, wait a minute. I get so many better ideas and things flow. And that thing I was trying to figure out just suddenly came to me when I was in the shower or when I'm in the exactly. you know, planting flowers or something. And it's like, oh my gosh, we can't make it happen, you know? And so I love your idea of bringing it back to play. And I guess that kind of even goes back to, some of the earlier training with the dominatrix and like, you know, 
even like role playing or getting out of who we think we are and like moving into who we want to become. You know, I, I find myself like, oh, I want to be that person that can just, you know, fly off to wherever, you know, and do things. Or I want to be that person that can just say, yeah, let's do this or that. And, you know, and I may not, may not be that person now, but I'm trying to aspire to, to open myself up to yeah. having more opportunities for fun and play because that's not my go-to. That's not my go-to. I mean, I don't know. Maybe it is. And I just think, well, walking on the beach is nice and reading books is fun. And, you know, maybe my fun, just, there's no, again, no right. I'm thinking, well, I'm not fun, but I'd like to do things my own way. And your version of fun. Someone pointed out to me, well, that sounds fun. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And there's a real big layer in here of what, um, what we call a surrender energy, which really does pull on, on the time of the dominatrix for me as well, that when we surrender into trusting ourselves, trusting that flow, then it's a lot easier to like take that time and go and play. But there is, you know, there is some work in getting to that surrender because we've, we've got to let go of our control. Yeah. That's hard, especially for like these driven entrepreneurs that I'm sure you work with and that I work with as well, because Mm -hmm. we're all like ready to kick ass and take names and go, right? (laughs) Yeah. And we've been told for so long that, you know, that if you want anything, you got to work hard for it. You got to be willing to get up at four in the morning and live off of three hours sleep and all of these horrible lies that aren't true. They just are not true. Yeah, no, I don't want to live. I don't want it that bad. (laughs) (laughs) But even that, like, let me call you on that. Just, I don't want it that bad. That's a subtle way of reinforcing that old belief that the only way to have it is to work that hard. Mm. Yeah, I don't actually believe that, but (laughs) because I do work less than most people I know. Um, but yeah, I, I recently was um, taking a course and I was listening to this guy was a man, which I really do. I don't know. Maybe it's just that masculine energy doesn't resonate with me. Mm-hmm. And I listened to him talk about his 14 hour days and his wife couldn't talk to him till 10 o'clock at night. And I'm thinking, what? <laughs> Who wants yeah. that? You can make millions of dollars. And I'm thinking, I'm sure I can make millions of dollars without doing all of that. So yeah, I think we should prove him wrong. <laughs> Let's talk about leverage. So when in your business did you decide you wanted to create some leverage or what did it get to a point where you're like, whoa, I've got too much going on. I know you told me you have a course. So how did it form up or what did you decide to do when it came to that? Uh, the course was really born out of the the need for people to access the information without doing one-to-one with me. So it was more of a price point issue for them. So I wanted something that would walk them through the steps that I've developed over the years that I know if you follow it, you can walk through the steps and take yourself through it. And then from there, that allows them to amplify what they're doing a little bit more. And and then hopefully at the end of that, they're ready to do some one-on-one with me or maybe move up into a group and, and start that process a little bit deeper. Yeah, it's a good way for people to dip the toe in, right, and get to know you a little bit, maybe at a lower price point to see if they want to do it, or maybe they just can't do the one-to-one. So it gives another option, and you can still give them the help they need, and they don't have to suffer, and you've got that option for them so they can move forward, like we said. And then many times I have seen people who who are in the courses come up and are like, I love this, I've got great results, 
you know, keep, keep helping me. What's the next step or the next yeah. piece or the, you know, the next, you know, program or whatever to kind of move into, to really um, continue the work, especially if they got good results mm -hmm. in your course. So how is that going for you then? Is it a, um, is the course going well? It's, you know, for me, that one's uh, in a lot of ways, a lead generation and kind of, you know, it's a starting point. Um, so it's a different scenario than say like a main focus. Okay. Uh, I, yeah, I still really am very drawn to the, to the one-on-one, -on -one, the, you know, the group, which is kind of a modified one-on-one -on -one, mm -hmm. and then my um, plant medicine ceremonies which all have to be done in person as well. So <laughs> Ooh, that sounds interesting. Tell me what that is. So uh, plant medicine is a term that a lot of people use for all the psychedelic plants. Mm -hmm. So plants have been used ceremonially for millennia. And traditionally in a lot of native cultures, a lot of um, religions, ancient religions, and it would be a way for people to both surrender because you you drop in and you surrender to the medicine and then allow yourself to to be guided and you have visions and you have you get time to release and you're able to move through things a lot faster than you would on say cognitive therapy mm -hmm. um so of course back in the 1960s they they made all the psychedelics illegal but it's starting to come back around that's becoming decriminalized which is opening up the the beauty and the healing of the medicines again so it's Sounds very amazing. exciting yeah i guess yeah. you have to do that in person, in person. <laughs> yeah i yeah I, I i just don't see the safety piece being able to be done via zoom because if somebody's in crisis uh, you need you want to be right there with them to keep them keep them grounded I mean, how amazing is that like the work sounds so interesting and so it is fulfilling yeah so tell me about an epic fail in your business and what you learned from that uh let's see i oh, so many what to pick from <laughs> i yeah i think you know one that's kind of coming up the one that's popping up which I've, i don't want to share this but i'm going to share it uh, so i was invited to um to speak at, at an opening of a conference and i was very excited and um it was a real honor but at that time in my life i was also i had just gotten my cats that i spoke of and they they were just horrendous for waking me up at all hours of the night you know they'd play until midnight and you know they just and then it's like two o'clock in the morning they decide that they'd want to you know play again and come in and bite me and whatnot oh. and then at four in the morning they decided that they wanted to be fed oh. so and these are very vocal and very you know persuasive kittens so so i was extremely sleep deprived and um and had some things going on and so i was on stage and my brain oh. froze i i couldn't pull it together i was trying to grasp the words and it was just everything that could go wrong did go wrong and i i let them down i i was like oh mortified and then i'm still having to stay there because i like got a booth and i'm oh. kind of like hey <laughs> you know everyone's worst nightmare like speaking <laughs> on stage and like messing it up <laughs> right. yeah i mean I, you know i did the best i could and what i've learned is that it's um 
you need to have backup plans. So after that, I made sure that I always had notes handy and I'm like unapologetic about it. I said, I just, I just will not be in a situation where if my brain fails me, that I don't have a backup plan. Only one time for that probably. (laughs) (laughs) You probably didn't do as bad as you thought. Well, I mean, from the outside, the audience didn't really know because yeah. I did wrap it up. I do. I, I'm able to hold my power very well yeah. and the presence on stage. Um, but yeah, I did 15 minutes instead of 45. So oh. it was rather embarrassing. Oh, okay. <laughs> well, le- lesson learned, right? I, mean, I know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we learn from our biggest failures. And like you said, every time some, if everything just went like sunshine and roses, then we would just not grow yeah and we wouldn't create you know the the boundaries and the processes and the things we need um i know when i have a client that's like specifically sort of tricky clients or you know someone says something and i'm like oh you know first after i go oh like (laughs) this is not what i thought it was going to be you know and i'm thinking i remember this when i had my other business i asked for feedback you know but you have to be able to take the feedback when you ask for it because not everybody's like you are great you know (laughs) they're like this sucked or i thought was expecting this and after i got over that i was like okay well let me take a look and say okay i think that they were right about this how can i make this better and you know Mm -hmm. i've kind of gotten over and have a little thicker skin these days but um (laughs) that's the only way we learn is you know by messing it up and um well sometimes we do it in a little bit bigger way but you obviously now have it worked out for all your other presentations and yes now most things are online so i always have my nose right in front of me (laughs) slides everything's right there So how how do you help others like leverage or kind of get more done with like you said less effort less time or just less yeah the one of the big ways really is like i said because i'm working with people who are scaling up they're already at the multiple six figures so it's about being more efficient with your team Mm -hmm. and getting them to delegate um, ideally, I want them to get to the point where the entire business runs without them mm-hmm. and they can just be the creative or move on to something else or have lots of free time. It's options, but getting them constantly to look at, you know, how are you managing your team? And so much of it really comes back to, okay, what's going on in your, in your brain? And then we talk about what's stopping you from actually handing that over okay let's work that out move that piece out and then implement the you know the actual hands-on i mean lots of times we know what to do we know it's it's obvious okay i need to delegate because i'm doing too much but then why what's stopping us from actually moving that out and so a few little simple tweaks and we can get you feeling like oh well i can do that i can just hand that over it becomes easy at that point. And that's the thing is that when we unblock ourselves, and I know so many people talk about blocks, but when we remove the emotional baggage and the attachment to the emotional baggage, it is easy. Business becomes this thing of like, well, of course, I'll just do this. Yeah. It becomes simple. Yeah, I think the thoughts, like we have this idea in our heads, oh, I just want to be you know, the four hour work week or, you know, have this, um, I'm going to be the head and my team's going to do everything. And in theory, that really sounds good. 
um, or this dream of this one day, you know, we're going to be like, you know, traveling the world while the company runs. But then the actual getting to that, like we said, where we can of letting go and, and like you were saying, surrendering and, and actually doing it is it's a lot harder than you would think. You know, I would think, oh, I'll just give everything. I don't want to do all of that. But that is not actually what happens, right? We, we hang on. <laughs> we hang on. And, and you can get to the point where we, you hand it yeah. over. But yeah. you, have yeah. to, you have to do it strategically. You've, you've got it. So that piece of working with yourself and working with the systems. Yeah. No, uh, definitely. And I think if, if you want to grow, you, you have to learn that. Like, you can't run... Well, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you can run. I don't know how anybody would do it without having a team or without having it. You know, I'm just kind of moving into that, like hiring more team and then, the, you know, trying to deal with that, you know, but if you get the right people, that makes all the difference for sure. Mm -hmm. Definitely. So what would you say, is there a moment in your business or like in your life where you realized this sort of work less, make more work for you, like a moment where you're like, Oh, I can go do this now. Or you felt that freedom of having these leverage programs or your leveraged group, like something that happened. I think, you know, I think this year has really been that, um, solidifying that idea. I mean, I've had moments of it, but quite honestly, I'm like you, I, you know, it's like, it's so easy for me to slide back into workaholism and, you know, oh, just push, push, push. But this year with, between COVID and a number of factors that have all happened all in the same span, uh, I have been forced to work less than 10 hours a week. So, and, and I've managed to maintain my income. <clears throat> which that's the key. Is, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and so that has really kind of locked it in for me that this is possible. Mm. And I'm excited that when things, you know, shift again, that I'm, you know, I'm feeling better and I'm able to kind of take on more then I can also crank up the business. But now I'm at the point where I'm like, mm, I think I kind of like this 10 hours a week. You know, yeah. it's kind of a nice Man, like I got time to take care of me. I got time to rest. I got time to visit with friends. Yeah. It's kind of ideal. Not too bad. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you can get your hours at 10 hours a week and keep your income or even raise it, you know, regard, whatever, even if you're just keeping the same income, if you've cut your hours, I don't know what you were working before. Can you tell me what were you working? I, I was, yeah, I was probably 40 to 50 hours. Oh, so a quarter of what you were doing in your work, yet your income has stayed the same or what are you? It's gone down a little bit, but not, you know, okay. not proportional, definitely not proportional to Okay, even keeping it close to where you had it by working a fourth of the time. Yeah. I'd say that was leverage. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it's great that you're like, well, let me see, you know, what do I want to do? I mean, it's so nice to have the option to say, well, now as I can, it, do I want things to go back to the way it was? Or do I want to continue down this path? Maybe I'll work 15 hours, you know, but I don't have to go back to mm -hmm. working 40 and 50 hours if I, you know, if I don't want to. I mean, I think sometimes we, we work because we love it, but then there's a point. If you're working 40 and 50 hours, to me, I, I don't think I've ever, I mean, unless I was in corporate, <laughs> I worked out men in my business. I don't know, maybe, but, um, you know, 
that's a lot, you know, if you have a family and other things going on. So um, it's amazing to have the choice mm -hmm. and the option to decide where you yeah. go. To me, that's freedom in business is when you have those options to say, when you just have any options, like, you know, you don't have to be chained to, to the, to the business, because I think you can just trade one for the other coming out of a job or working in corporate and then starting a business. And yeah, absolutely. It can be, you know, just as, <laughs> if not more, because it's your baby, you know, we want to do all the things and, and do everything. And, and then it, it you know, we don't realize we're working so late or that we're working and not that you can't, but I think it's, it's up to you. And if you have the option to decide that's, that's it, yeah, it becomes very insidious. Like before yeah. you know it, unless you're actually tracking your hours, you don't realize, Oh, I actually ended up working till eight o'clock at yeah. night. And Ooh, I actually started answering some emails at seven. Yeah. Like where's that fun we were talking about, right? Yeah. <laughs> Putting on a load of laundry in between. That was not the fun. No, no, that wasn't what I was hoping for. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, great. This has been amazing to hear. And you, you, it, I feel like we've only tapped the surface with you. So I know you've got some things. Uh, where can people connect with you to get more information? Because I'm sure people are like, wow, this is an amazing woman. Where can I tap wow. into her? Thank you, Donna. Uh, so here's the great thing. I'm the only Dana Ferrant in the world. So Ferrant is spelled P-H-A-R-A-N-T. So anywhere you want to, you know, Google, social media search, uh, you will find me with ease. Uh, LinkedIn is my preferred social media. And a uh, website's a great place to go. And then if you want to go grab a copy of my fifth book, Badass Intuition, you can download a PDF copy there and then that will give you an invitation to the full on course as well. Amazing. All right. Yay. This is Yay. awesome. Dana. Thank you so much. And thank you guys for joining me for another episode. And I will see you guys on the next show.